Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 87 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I am Ethan. You can find me on all social media platforms at Viva La Ethan. My name's Soda. You can find me on X at Soda underscore Hunter. 87, 87. Who do you got for 87? Joe Nemechek. Ooh, that's a good one. Yep. The old uh, either Texas Pete, number 87, the yellow and white one, or the Dentine, red and white, number 87, in the Bush Grand National Series in the early 90s. Yeah. When I was oh. a kid. <laughs> I, I remember that perfectly. Not mm-hmm. really. No, I don't. Well, but I do know. I had Joe- the anyway. <laughs> there you go. I, I remember Joe Nemechek uh, in the 87, and it, I want to say it was like U.S. Cellular sponsorship probably that's one of his main numbers he kept that one for a while so he he probably kept on using that you know as he went along i'm pretty sure he did yeah mine uh my 87 it just happens to be kyle bush kyle bush drove the number 87 uh ditech.com chevrolet so yeah you will find a number that Kyle Busch drove and you will throw it on anything. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Absolutely. I love that guy. He's my hero. <laughs> well, next week should be interesting. I mean, it should be easy. It's very that. easy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like I can name three or four right off the top of my head. Yeah. Probably more than that, honestly, if I think about it for half a sec. But Anyway, uh, episode 87, this is going to be the second one coming out this week. We're going to do that again, too, this week to kind of make up for the the fact that we did miss a couple weeks there. So get our numbers back on track, get everything back in order. Um, So this this episode, we want to kind of do Q&As, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I do have a couple of interesting facts not to steal anything from Tales from the State, but I come across this one thing that I knew, but I feel like it's not out there enough to where people. Now, I would say the two things that I I uh, are going to mention here are kind of morbid, which is Ooh, fascinating yes. to me anyway. Yeah, it's that, yeah. that kind of stuff is really fascinating to me. I don't know why it is. I've I think I mentioned on the show before, like for some reason I get a fascination and a curiosity on the like fatal race car uh, race racing crashes yeah 
You know, like there's YouTube montages of this junk. Like there's Formula One crashes that happened all the way back in the 1930s, 40s, whenever Formula One started. That all the way through, and there's not always video of everything. Sometimes there's pictures or just news articles. But it's always fascinating to me. It's like, look at how this was. Like, like three people died in this one race in 1962 or something like that. You know, it's just such a weird time compared to now. But that morbid curiosity, it always grabs a hold of me. I don't know what it is. It's just, I think a lot of people are like that, though. If you look at true, true, true crime podcasts and dramas and stuff like that, and you know, I kind of feel like everybody's got that in them a little bit. Um, I asked you to see if you could come up with a couple of things that maybe you knew that you found interesting that you feel like maybe not a whole lot of people know that you feel like other people have found interesting. Were you able to come up with a couple too? Um, yeah, I have a question before I proceed. Um, were mm-hmm. you talking about like a racing fact? No. Oh, thank God. Cause I didn't, but I found, I, I'm pretty sure, um, for one, I thought this was interesting. One out of 18 people have a third nipple, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not one of my facts. I just thought that was really interesting. Uh, I love animals and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I learned this from Caitlin Finsel. Uh, did you know the world's oldest cat lived to be 38 and 38 years and three days old? That's way too long to have a cat. You're telling me, um, the Good. name, the name of this cat is cream puff. <laughs> And that's why I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I heard Caitlin talk about cream puff before, uh, which wouldn't surprise me. But I have another one, and it's about dogs, and I love dogs. And it's literally the exact same fact. So the world's oldest dog lived to be 29 and a half years old. Cats cats win again. Cool. Yeah. And guess what the dog's name was? Oh, cream puff. No. It was Bluey. <laughs> Bluey, how about that? Well, how about that? That's interesting. Yeah. Was it a, a blue healer? I have no idea what it is. Well, that's why Bluey's name is that. They're they're blue healers. Oh. That's the kind of dog it is. Cool. But anyway, I don't, I don't um, still a really fun show, guys. Y'all need to check out Bluey. I'm all about the Bluey bandwagon here. Go check it out if you haven't already. It's, it's worth it. Even if you don't have kids, just check it out. Give it some time. Just watch it. A um, couple of things that I always found interesting was, now I don't know as much about one of them as the other. And the one I don't know as much about is Mount Everest. Right. I have no desire to climb a mountain. I don't know if you yeah. do. No. I don't know if anybody does that I know. Especially this mountain. Mount Everest looks like just pure torture to try to climb. So people, I'm not laughing, I promise. People don't make it up there a lot of times. And a lot of times they don't make it up there. They just die. Yeah. They just freeze to death and they just become human popsicles right there on the side of the mountain. And you can't take the bodies down. There's nothing you can do with the people that die up there. Yeah. They they are just there. 
So as you're going up Mount Everest, you have markers on the path that are dead bodies. Like, you know, you made it to a certain distance when you see this person wearing green shoes or this person with this particular hat or this person with this different color backpack. You got different markers going up there. You have to have, if you have any type of squeamishness when it comes to dead bodies, that's another thing, the reason why you cannot climb Mount Everest because you're literally seeing dozens of them as you go up. What? They, they can't remove them. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, well, how, how are they going to get the bodies down? I don't know, but like a hot, like a like a helicopter or something. Mm-mm. What? I, I bet the air's too thin for a helicopter up there. There is I, okay. Hang on, <laughs> hold on. So look it up. So look it up. So if There's, I if I decided just to wake up one day and say, you know what, my number one goal in life is to climb Mount Everest. And I go up there and I prepare and I do what I need to do. And I'm on my way up there. The biggest nope I've ever thought of is if I see a dead body trying to accomplish the same thing that I'm currently trying to accomplish, I'm going back down. Sorry. Well, you'll see a lot of them if you go. My goodness. They they don't, they can't remove them. There's no way to remove them. Everything is just left up there. It's, I didn't know that until like just maybe a, I'd say about five, six years ago, I discovered that. And I come across a tweet on, on Twitter that um, mentioned that it was like video of, you know, people climbing up and then these certain people were climbing up and it was really windy and the snow was real loose and people were actually sliding down the slope, falling pretty much to their deaths because there was a big cavern underneath it and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Nobody can do anything about it. If they're sliding and they're falling, it ain't like you could run over there and save them. Right. You're trying not to die yourself, you yeah. know, and they're, they're over there. You just see their body sliding straight down past you. You know, and there's nothing you can do for any of these people. See, you're on your own and you mark your trail by passing the dead bodies that didn't make it. Oh my goodness. I feel like somebody should have had the, like the whereabouts to like take, you know, just search, for these uh, like on these dead bodies see if they have like an id and then like try to either bring their ids with them back to the you know back to earth or like make a list of how many people just because like could you imagine if like i just willy-nilly decided to go you know hike up mount everest so i know it's not like that you have to train and prepare and stuff but like how many people just went up mount everest and never came back and like those people might be missing or, you know, loved ones are like, Hey, where's well, my brother at? You know, unless they fall somewhere that is not seen, which it could, there's plenty of caverns up there that they could fall right off of and be, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet below where anybody is walking and you'll never know that they're there. But for the most part, everyone that is up there is documented. Oh, okay. I mean, there's people passing them all the time to climb it. Oh Yeah. These are people that die from cold, starvation. Maybe they got hurt, couldn't go any further. And if you get, if you like, if you break your leg up that mountain, I mean, you're pretty much dead. Oh my gosh. It isn't like you're going to keep climbing. How are you going to get back down? Why would people want to do this? It's, I don't, it's a sense of accomplishment. I never had it. 
I never had that sense of accomplishment. But I don't want it. People probably, I, I say that, but then some of those people probably think what I did in a dirt track in a car, the dumbest thing in the world too. You know, so, I mean, I, I it, different structures, different folks, I guess. But that's one of them. Yeah, that's that's morbid. Interesting though, really interesting, but it's morbid. Um, the other one, you know about the space shuttle Challenger, correct? Um, I know, I know what a space shuttle is. Well, in 1986, the space shuttle Challenger. It launched with they the, the typical crew, but also it had a contest to take a civilian up in space. And the civilian, I think her name was Christy McCormick. She was a teacher. And she was going to give a lesson plan in space. Uh-huh. You know, to all her students and all that. And all, all nationwide was going to be watching it. And her entire school was sitting there watching the launch of that of that uh, show going up and long story short, it was kind of like a, the issue with it was like, there was an O ring, like a rubber O ring that got too cold because they launched in like 20 degree weather and it got too cold. It didn't flex when it needed to, it let fuel escape. And when that happened, the, the shuttle challenger exploded on takeoff about a minute into the, in the run. And it just showered down all the debris. Oh, wow. Right. That was awful. Kids all over the country watching this teacher, their teacher. A lot of the kids, you know, all the kids that were her students were watching too. And they watched their teacher die live on TV. Oh, man. That's but, rough. But did you know before the teacher idea, the plan was to put Big Bird in that challenger? See, that would have been uh, a more fitting. Because Big Bird always freaked me out. So, like, if he, you know, accidentally gets blown up in a, you know, well, space shuttle stuff. There was a chance. The the actor, the the puppet, everything. There was a chance. It was serious discussions that Big Bird was actually going to be launched in the shuttle Challenger. And hence would have exploded. And there would have been no more Big Bird. I just want to know: Would it like would it shower down feathers? No, they'd be burnt to a crisp. You need to go back and watch this. uh, Watch the explosion. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And there's so many documentaries on YouTube with it too. Um, And I've seen them all. I know exactly what happened with this thing because it's it's one of those moments in history that some 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 people are really fascinated by certain things that happen in history. Yeah. especially disasters and stuff. My two big ones were always the Titanic and the Challenger. Yeah. Like I'm always fascinated about those two. And and to another extent, the Columbia, that other shuttle that uh, disintegrated in space uh, yeah. coming back to earth. But that one more because I was actually watching that one happen. I didn't see the Challenger happen. I was way too little to remember anything about that. And obviously Titanic was lost way, way before my time. So, um, I mean, a good, you know, 20 years, right? Um, yeah. That's a comment about me being old. Yeah. Um, I, was, yeah. I was here for it. I, ha Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you weren't paying attention. Guy geezer. 
But I found it interesting when I when I heard that Big Bird was actually because I imagine the trauma, the traumatized kids, seeing Big Bird die, he exploded yeah. in a rocket. I, you couldn't bring him back on Sesame Street. How could you possibly bring Big Bird back on Sesame Street after he exploded in the Challenger? Okay, hear me out. The burnt fiend. Oh, just Big Bird, but he's all black and charred. Put him, <laughs> put him with a with an eye patch and a, some burnt feathers, and always make sure there's smoke coming off of him. <laughs> that is how you write him back into Sesame Street. Boy, let's go. Just have like dry ice under his wings or something, yeah. and he's always emitting <laughs> smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he every time he talks, like smoke's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's. Uh, well, I'll give you that. I've never thought of that. So you get you you definitely added something to my to my notes there. That was uh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, that's what I'm here for. So, yeah. Oh, we have a Q and A that we want to go into, but before we do, let's talk about SkinnyMixes.com. And we will go over some of our uh, commercials for some of our podcast friends. SkinnyMixes.com. Go check them out. Plenty of syrups for fall and winter, the different flavors for coffees and uh, also alcoholic beverages and water enhancers. Sugar-free, low-calorie. Uh, highly recommend. I use them every day, several times a day, honestly, because we we drink a lot of coffee in this house. On you know, Just being truthful here. And if you go to the website, check them out. Use code MARBLES. When you check out, you will get 10% off your first order. That's SkinnyMixes.com. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. Hey, we're live, pal, and we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about brews and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewspodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right, man, let's go over some questions. What do you say? All right. So some of these questions, I have six questions. One of them we have to, to it's not racing related, but it has to be the, the last question because you can go in depth with it. Um, so first question, I'm not sure who asked this. 
I have no idea who asked <laughs> any of these questions except for one. Um, and there's one question that I know somebody asked me, but I forgot who it was. And I forgot why we got on that topic. But here we go. So the question number one, what's one crown jewel die cast that you need to add to the collection? Hmm. That's interesting. Because I had so many when I was a kid. Yeah. That it's hard to... It's hard to really think about something. Well, you know well, what? No, I got I got one. I got one. You know what okay. might actually be it? In uh, 1997, Dale Earnhardt did that flip at Daytona. Oh, and yeah. He landed on all four wheels. The wheels were up. Tires were up. And he finished the race uh, in a car that looked like uh, it was flat. Basically, it had yep. been rolled and it landed on its roof a couple of times, but he was still driving the car. So he finished the race with that car. 1997 action made a very, very small number of 124 scale die cast to match that car. Wow. 124 scale. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know. I've got the 164 scale winter circle from that. And I, I think there's been a couple more made since then, but not to the detail that action did first, because that car was in, in 1997 when it came out, probably like mid year, you know, when it got released mid to late year, that car was probably $300 back then. Yikes. And they, I, I want to say they only made about three or 400. Oof. Yeah. yeah. It's rare. It's a rare, rare diecast. It might have been a thousand, but they, it's a really low number. And diecasts have notoriously no, low numbers like that anyway. Mm. Like especially some of these old action one twenty four scales, they have the number on them: one of twenty five hundred, one of five thousand, one of one thousand. You know, they'll have those numbers on there. And um, this particular one was probably the lowest number I've seen made, and the most expensive one twenty four scale diecast at the time. So that would probably be it. The original. Action 1997 Dale Earnhardt Daytona flip car. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so the die cast, you said you have a 164 scale that die cast? I do. So I think I have the 164 scale of that die cast, uh, but in color, uh, what is it? Color chrome? Yeah, is, where is it's kind of like that pewter look, that kind of a silverish black. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's all like, it's like brass. There's no oh, okay. black on it. Um, so right. I'm trying to figure out if I actually have the same one you do. Is um, <clears throat> one of the roof flaps kind of opened? And part yeah, of that, the, well, that's that's the design of the car. Yeah. Well, like one of the like uh, the the back the rear spoiler half of it's like down and the other half's mm -hmm. up. Is that the same one I'm thinking of? Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, that's awesome, dude. Uh, I, what's really, your grail? I would, I would love to see that 124 scale though. That would be. Oh, I'd have to, <laughs> have to look it up. If I can find a yeah, picture that, of it, I'll post it on the show notes on this. Oh yes, do that because that would be fantastic. My one uh, crown jewel diecast would be the 2010 Dale Earnhardt Jr. NASCAR Xfinity Series Daytona race win, 124 scale diecast. The one uh, with uh, when he ran the three Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that race version diecast is just so clogged up with like 
dirt and rubber on the front end of that race car it looks so beautiful and i want i've always wanted to add that to the collection but i've i've never had the opportunity to so that would be yeah. mine okay cool deal all right so the next question uh once again i do not know thank you to whoever asked that question i do <laughs> not know who, who did unfortunately i'm sorry i will be better at We're this professionals. next time um <laughs> Question number two of someone who that somebody asked that I do not know who asked, uh, what would be your 2024 paint scheme if you ran dirt racing? Uh, mine's super easy, and we were actually just talking about it a couple, I think last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, mine would be um, the In the Marbles logo, like the car on our logo. That would be my paint scheme. Well, this is my problem with that paint scheme. Um, where you live, do you see many Davy Allison painted cars? No, not at all. I know I haven't seen one once. Yeah, we do. We have a lot. There's there was one class I remember distinctly seeing two in one field. Of that exact paint scheme of that, that that's on our car. So not gonna be that for me. Um I go back and forth on that. Because I, every time I think of like a like what I want my car to look like, I find some other thing that's like, oh, that's that looks good, like an inspiration. He's like, oh, that looks good. Imagine what it looked like there. It's like, like one side of me wants to go like really old school, you know, have like a, a classic looking design, maybe something like from the um, mid to late eighties in NASCAR with some chrome numbers, maybe something that's not all laid back, but like straight up and down, you know, like they just stamped the numbers on the side of it. Not, not made to look fast, just made to look nice. Yeah. Um, cause that all kind of changed in the, uh, in the nineties. I feel like all the paint jobs changed a little bit in the nineties. So I go back and forth between something like that, but I also like, like a flat color with some neon that's always really cool to me, like a flat black or a flat gray. Yeah. With some kind of neon number and neon trim. I think that looks really good. And then you always have my, my go-tos, which is, it, it'll be basic paint schemes no matter what it is, but you always have my go-tos of like uh, a Rusty Wallace type paint job, the, the black and gold or maybe the black and the day glow red of Davy Allison, because you don't have many black and red Davy cars. You, you only have the white Davy cars down here. So it would be something like that. Maybe an inspiration of a paint scheme that I like, probably a classic paint scheme from my childhood that I adapt to fit the color scheme. I like, which is mostly red, black and white. Okay. You know what I mean? That's mostly my color scheme. So, I, I, ha I don't have an answer. I'm all over the place on it because I don't know. I could change my mind. I could get a car, and before I actually get paint on it, I could change my mind 10 times. Yeah. <clears throat> but it'd be number 53. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. I, honestly, if I started a – if I got a race car right now and raced it down here, I would probably be 53 as well. So, but yeah. So, um Awesome. Good deal. Thank you to whoever asked that question. Sorry that I forgot <laughs> who you are. Uh, Jody. Jody the, the... I almost said Jody the Mitchell. Uh, Jody the Canadian. 
Jody, the Canadian Mitchell. Um, I do know who asked this question. It was Jody. Uh, he asked simply, why is Denny Hamlin so hated? That's a good question. Cause is he any worse than anybody else? I think, I think for me, it's his voice and his haircut and his nose. I don't like, I don't like any of that, <clears throat> but uh, no, I think it's because he's mostly extreme. <laughs> he's extremely outgoing. Uh, he's not afraid to ruffle the feathers of his competitors or his team or NASCAR themselves. Uh, I think it comes off kind of like Patrick Mahomes this past weekend, uh, throwing a little bit of tip, temper tantrum. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think people, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this. I I think people are. I think just, I know it. Okay. I think I know it. Okay. Call me. My hands up. Okay. Tag. I, I know. Go. You're, you're in. Didn't he wreck Chase Elliott? Didn't no. he wreck Chase Elliott at Martinsville one time? Oh, yes, he did. That's why I say yeah, 2017. Wow. That's it. That's it. I don't okay. remember him Perfect. being hated before that. It, he Not got booed he out now. of that. <laughs> yeah. He got booed out of that track. So yeah, we could, that was it. 2017 Martinsville race where he wrecked the 24 of chase Elliott. That's probably it. I'm not going to lie. That's probably where it started. And then from then on, everything else just rubbed everybody the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, the next question, I do not know who we were talking about, uh, or talking to. I think it was a coworker, but then again, uh, just looking at the question, it's, it could have been three brews or it could have been, I don't think it was anybody from drunk wrestling history, but uh, the question is, will we ever do a podcast while intoxicated? I kind of already have. What? Soda. <laughs> you, you. Oh, oh my gosh. Why did you tell me? I, I always have something to drink while we're doing the show. Like I just told you on the last, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to say this is my second one. It's not because it's the same one I've been drinking on since we, you know, we did the uh, last episode that was two days ago, <clears throat> but I, I told you I was drinking a zero sugar margarita. Oh, I think so. I think the question is like intoxicated would be a nice way of putting oh. it. I think the person meant belligerent. Well, I'm not, I haven't been that far, but I definitely have, uh, I have I have been not sober by the time we finally got done with an episode drinking are like you, a Jack and Coke or something. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so the answer to this question is yes, I would be absolutely all for an intoxicated uh, episode, but I kind of have to be a little bit more careful because when I do get intoxicated, I definitely, uh, I have no filter. And so well, there is the magic of editing. That's true. But I'm very proud of myself because in 87 episodes, I have never once slipped up with a curse word on this show. Uh, there's a couple times like last episode when I tooted and it came out really it burned coming out. See, now, now they know. Now they know. Yes, they do. As far as we know, recording this, we don't know if it actually showed up on camera, but now, now they know it happened. So thanks yeah. a lot. And it burned. And I almost said the S word. And oh, 
but uh i think that would be a really fun idea uh maybe like if we do if we ever do another <clears throat> just a simply q a like eight like uh 87 is if we do another q a maybe you know we can re- align that where we're both intoxicated and see where uh, what kind of episode let's see where that episode takes us so uh then, yeah uh stay tuned maybe i don't know but uh another question and this is from me oh shoot uh, this is from someone that's not me. That's not you. Okay. That's not me. I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah, thank you. Um, if hypothetically, if someone was to send something to your house, like a package, and said, do not open this until we are live recording on episode whatever, would you actually would you peek at it or would you actually not open it until we were on the show if it was if this was my wife there's no way possible she could do this but it's like she is the absolute worst at holding things until a certain date like i have all my christmas presents right now we're two weeks away yeah because she can't stand it. It comes in the mail. She's like, don't look at it. Don't even look where it comes from. Okay, I won't. And then five minutes later, do you want me to go ahead and give it to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> you could just wrap it, but it's fine. Go ahead. Let's get it. Let's go, you know. Yeah. But no, I'm one. I'll wait. I definitely okay. will wait on uh, on dates and stuff like that. I, I do that. That's, yeah. Part of the fun is the anticipation of it. Yeah, because I uh, well, I guess I can go ahead. It was me. That that was the question. It was for me. It wasn't from someone. It was I tricked you. Um, guess what? Guess what? Finally came in. I'm guessing my birthday present. Your birthday present. When was your birthday? Which is now a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. So I will say I've been working on this present since June. And it just got to my house yesterday. <laughs> so this is a extremely late birthday present slash Christmas present for you. And I should be getting it sent out tomorrow. Woo who, but you can't. Uh, so it'll be there before uh, it'll be there for episode 88. So you can well, we'll say mail's kind of funny right now with the holiday. So we'll see. Whenever yeah. it does get here, I'm, it's not going to get opened until we record next. I promise. Sweet. Okay, cool. <laughs> it is on its way, and I will I'll give you the uh, tracking info and all that stuff <clears throat> as soon as I get it shipped out to you. Uh, um, speaking yeah. of, have you uh, had any luck with the CM Punk uh, Supreme figure yet? Just picked it up today. Awesome. Good deal. Yeah. yeah I was going uh, to be out in about Thursday. If I had saw it, I was going to let you know. But um, that's good. Cool deal. Yeah. Thursday, I, I mean, today. Yeah, I mean, today's, today. you know, or maybe it's yesterday. Because I don't know if this is coming up on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, we don't. Yesterday, I, I was out and about, and I was curious if you had gotten it. But apparently you have. Yes. So it's fine. Okay. Should we just tell them that we're just time travelers? Should we just go ahead and just tell them? <laughs> I'm from 1842. No, you're not. I know. I don't. You wouldn't be able to last in 1842. Yeah, I would. You know what I would do if I lived in 1842? I would try to climb to the top of Mount Everest on purpose. 
that would be even worse than today. Yeah. I'm like, telling you. Today there's actually like there's paths and you know, you have all this equipment and junk. Back then you didn't have nothing but like a pickaxe. Yeah. Golly. And some kind of like animal skin to keep you warm. Oof. Oh, yeah, I can't. I love animals. So, like, if I was starving and there was, like, a dog right next to me. I, I did, too. You know, cows are delicious. I would not touch that animal. I would starve. I'd be okay with no. starving. Give me a rabbit, squirrel, whatever. I'll eat. I mean, I've, I've had a good 29-year run. I'm I'm over it. <laughs> so, that little, that little, little, sorry about the stroke I just had. That little dog is what I'm trying to say. Um it's going to live longer than I will, but we have one more question when it's the main event of the episode. I figured we could probably go a little bit heavy on this one. Um, and the reason I, I thought of this was a couple days ago I was working and thank goodness I have been switched back to overnights. So now, even though we're not supposed to, um, I can listen to my podcasts while i'm at mm-hmm. work now so that's the literally the only plus about working overnights so i was uh obviously on episode 86 where i was talking about how I've, I've been going back and re-listening to every episode we've done so far and i got to the uh, halloween episode of 2022 and we were yeah, talking, we yeah. Were talking about the ghost stories so what is your best ghost story I've like a, on a personal level. Yeah. Like something that's happened to you or has anything paranormal happened to you. Yeah. You heard the you listened to the episode, didn't you? Yeah. Didn't I mention the one about my uh, mother-in-law? Uh, with the TVs. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, that I mean, true. I could retell it because it was over a year ago. Well, like, I didn't I know could, if you I had any others. Other not not really um okay then retell and we haven't we haven't really had anything happen in a new house too because it is a new house so you know nothing happening over there in the other house if it, if anything is happening in the house behind ours and we don't see it because we're not there you know but that tv has never come on since i can tell you that really yeah that that mean if i go over there and turn it on yeah to come on but it it doesn't randomly come on ever. It just doesn't happen. It only did it twice. So I know we've gotten a lot of new listeners in the last year. So go ahead and retell that story. Oh, I gotta think about all the details again. Um, well, and this is uh, this this more has to do with it's a lot of personal things with it, and I know. It's that's kind of touchy, but I feel like my wife was okay with me telling it before. And I feel like it even kind of got her emotional a little bit when, when, when I told her before. So I think she's okay with me retelling it for, for people that might not have heard it or just, you know, it's hard to go back to past episodes on a weekly podcast that talk about current events. Yeah, exactly. I, I get that. Um, it isn't like a story time thing or something out of context. Everything has to do with the week that's happening. Right. So to go back a year, it won't make any sense. I get that. Um, so trying to think when the first 
Time, yeah, okay, this is it. The so her she her mom, uh, when our oldest when our oldest child in 2012, uh, when we got pregnant with our oldest child, we found out that her mom had a brain tumor. So we got all the surgeries, we did all the treatments and any rehab that we needed to. She was doing pretty good. And she took a turn down in early 2015 when we we're about to have our second child. I feel like she held on long enough to be able to hold the second child. And the like maybe two days at the most after that, yeah. she was gone. Oh, geez. so that. That's that being said, where she died, she actually died in her bed in her room. And when we uh took over the house, because we we got the house once she was gone, and our family became the only people in the house, we moved our stuff into her room so the kids could have you know their own space and you know we could be spread out a little bit more. And that room had a bathroom and it was just way more convenient. So yeah, we were living in the room that she died in, but it isn't like it was, it, it wasn't anything scary or spooky to us because it was her mom. You know, we, it wasn't like a haunted room or it was like, no, it, I know some people would get a little weirded out by that, but it really never even came to us like that. You know, it never really occurred to us like that. Right. Well, fast forward a few years later in 2020, um, 2019, actually, we found out that we we're going to have a third baby. And we found out that it was going to be a boy through some uh, blood testing because it wasn't really far along to tell. But we wanted to know as soon as we could. So we did some blood testing. We found out it was going to be a boy. Had a name and everything. Well, maybe uh, a little over two months into it, we got the bad news that it wasn't going to work out. And we had a surgery scheduled that morning to, you know, kind of, there's no good way of putting it. You know what the surgery's for. Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. So that morning when we were getting ready, the TV in our bedroom, which we don't watch, we just, we don't watch it. It never comes on. It's a little small 32-inch TV put up on our dresser. We just don't watch it. We watch TV in the living room, go to the bedroom, go to bed. It's just something that's there. You know, it, I thought maybe we thought we were going to watch TV in bed. We never did. But I don't know where that TV came on. None of us, I don't even know where the remote was. It just popped on. So we joked around. I was like, like okay, hi, Mom. <laughs> Seeing us out the door on a really, really bad day. That's kind of nice. You know, we never thought anything spooky about it. We thought like that was like a comforting thing, you know. And we went on and had the worst day of our lives. And slowly but surely, we started kind of putting everything back together. And we decided we weren't going to give up. And lo and behold, one year and one day to the date, we were leaving that room to go have our baby girl. 
So we were made whole in a year. Basically, we had done so much praying about it and went to the altar several times with this, just trying to get some answers, trying to get some comfort, trying to get something. And we were made whole and had our third kid, our first baby girl. And as we were leaving that morning to go to the hospital to go have the baby girl, that TV popped on again. Mm -hmm. And it did not do that the whole year. And it hasn't done it since. Oh. It's randomly popped on twice. And it was while we were getting ready about to walk out the door for the surgery and then for the actual birth. I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about it again. It's just yeah, it's I, something uh, that I love. I love that that, that, that happened that way. Um, I refuse to believe that was complete coincidence. Yeah. I, uh -uh. I just refuse. I mean, it was her room. She's with us right then at some very, very, like two key important parts of our lives. And it has never happened before or after. It just happened right then. I mean, I don't really believe in ghosts per se, but I do believe that things can get manipulated to let us know that they're here. Yeah. Let, let us know that they're with us and they're watching us and that they're trying to comfort us. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily believe that there's some, you know, sheeted figure walking through the hall saying, Ooh, go down. I mean, I don't believe none of that crap, but I do believe there's a spirit that came down to comfort us in our time of need. Yeah. And I think it was her mom. And so does she just, there's no other explanation that you're ever going to tell us <laughs> with, with that way that happened right then. Yeah. So I hope I told it as good as I did last time, but that is absolutely a true story. I have one more that I think I told, okay. but it's not a, uh, it's not a good story by any means. Ooh. It happened when I was a kid and uh, it happened with a stepdad of mine. Oh, where he, uh, so I, he was separated from my mom at the time. I think I was 12 years old. Yeah. And he uh, was not doing very good. He wasn't doing very good at all. Doing some things he really wasn't supposed to be doing. Sure. And I'm asleep. So it's the middle of the night. I, I dreamed this. This is the most vivid thing I've ever had in my life. I dreamed this exact scenario right here. There's a knock at the door and I'm in my bed. I'm dreaming. Oh Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. There's a knock at the door, front door. I'm in my bed. I'm dreaming. I have one of these beds that's up near the ceiling. We're like underneath the bed. It's like a bump bed thing, but underneath it's like a desk and all that. You can go underneath the bed and do yeah. your schoolwork and stuff, right? Yeah. So I climb down off of the bed walk down the hall and I hear a man talking to my mom. I turn the corner to the right to the front door and there's my mom with a cop. She's crying. She turns to me and says, he's dead. And I wake up oh. to a knock at the door. No. And I, I swear to 
God, this is how this happened. I don't know why it happened. I don't know what, what the point of it was, but I swear to God, this is what happened. Because I'm not creative enough to make this, this story up. I come down off the bed to the knock. I was like, I think I know what's happening here. You know, make my way down the hall and I hear the exact same conversation. Turn to the right and there's a cop at the front door with my mom. Mom's crying. She doesn't say he's dead. She, he, she turns to me and says, uh, I'm sorry, but Mike's dead. That's his name. Mike's dead. And I said, I know. <laughs> at 12 years old, I said, I know. I probably freaked wow. her out. Yeah. But that was my answer. I said, I know. Because I dreamed it. I just dreamed the whole thing. I didn't dream this, the actual crash. It was a car crash. I didn't dream that. Uh, he was drunk and run off the road and hit a culvert. Oof. Killed himself. Jeez. And I didn't dream that part of it. I dreamt the telling my mom part of it. Literally seconds before it actually happened. What? So did you end up telling your mom about your dream? Mm-hmm. What did she say? I don't. I don't think I didn't tell her then. I told her well after the fact. Well, yeah. But I don't know. I don't I don't know if I don't know if she really believes me, honestly. Um I believe I, I kind of feel that. like to me, I kind of feel like I was given that uh, first off to go really off tangent and people can believe what they want to believe. This is the first point in my life where I was one hundred percent certain there was a God. Okay. There's no logical explanation of why I dreamed that. Right. Except for something new that was going to happen. And it showed me before it actually happened. And to me, that's God. Yeah. If you have another explanation, if you think I'm making it up, whatever, that's on that person who thinks that way. Yeah. I know what I felt. I know what I saw. I know what I dreamed. I know what happened. Yeah. So, I feel like in a way, just trying to piece it together and figuring out why that happened to me. Cause it happens. It hasn't happened since it just happened at one time. Yeah. I feel like I was shown that. So as the older child, I could be the strongest one in the family in a time of need mm-hmm. because I didn't break down. Everybody else kind of broke down a little bit. I didn't break down at that because I was prepared for it. You know, so I was the stronger one in that time. I don't know if it helped, but I feel like that was the reason for it. Yeah. I could be wrong. I have no idea why I was showed that, but that's what happened. Wild. I am (laughs) here for it. Like, that's fantastic. I, on the other hand, and shout out to Nicole. I, I hope that by me asking that question uh, didn't really I, like it didn't upset her or whatever. Um, if it, if it did, I, I apologize. Uh, I don't think so, I don't think so because it's a really that part of it is a really really uh, it's a really good story. Like it's a it's a I mean, good really finish. Good. It's a good finish on a very very bad part of our life. Yeah, and. A straight up miracle is with us today, because and might I be might I add like your daughter is literally the cutest, <laughs> the absolute cutest, and I every time I see your uh, you know Nicole posting pictures and stuff like she is 
just the cutest little kid I have ever seen in my life. So uh, definitely a miracle. Um, I have one. I'm trying to think of ghost stories. So I, I have one that absolutely sticks out like a sore thumb because it happened to me directly. Um, but I want to say like um, when my grandfather passed away on January 1st of 2008, uh, we were cleaning out his house one night and he just lived in this really eerie, eerie house. And like his house was like, you walk through the door it through, uh, through the garage and it leads you right to the dining room, right to the kitchen living room. And there's this really long hallway all the way back down, like all the way to his bedroom and his bedroom. Uh, if you were looking down the hallway, it's the first thing you see is a mirror. So the mirror, like you startle yourself mm-hmm. when you look down this hallway, but you start walking down this hallway. You have the bathroom to the left. Uh, yeah. To the left. You have another bedroom to the left. You have the furnace room to the right. And then you eventually get to his room. Um, you know, there was, it was just a really creepy aura. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. Um, I take that back. I was back. I was there with my dad and we were redoing the bathroom or something. And it was like two o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Um, I don't know why we were there. I don't know why I was there because it was two in the morning and this is 2008. So I was in eighth grade. I don't know why I was there, but uh, dad and I got spooked because we heard some stuff and it sounded like people whispering, whatever. That's not even the story I want to go into. So I used to work at a gas station, actually the same company that Jessica currently is a store manager at. And it was one of those days where I had to work open to close. So I would get there was it like three o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't clock out until 11 at night. And I was just there all day. Um, Mm. This is like the fourth time I've done it. So I'm almost kind of used to it. It wasn't like the fourth day in a row. It was just a random time that I had to. So I got, I got woke up and, or I woke up, uh, got dressed, did the shower, you know, brushed my teeth and the whole thing. And I was, and at this point, I mean, I've been awake for an hour, so I'm I'm pretty much awake, and I'm driving the six blocks it is to get to this gas station. And now, like, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, this this town was buried on a or was built on a burial ground and stuff like that." I don't really I don't really believe all that. Um, but there's been several people who have like has said that they see like soldiers and there's a couple people that like there's this house and we call it the, uh, Oh, Phoenix. No, Arizona house is what we call it because at night you can drive by this house. who It's been abandoned for years. Uh, nobody lives there. Like the, the grass is super tall. You can't even walk up to the house. Uh, you, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to try to get up there, you know, and in the daylight, if you pass this house, the bedroom door or bedroom window is boarded shut. So you can't see, you just see wood, you know, hammered and nailed. If you Mm -hmm. drive past it at night, you can see, um, there's a light, like the wood is gone and there's a light, like a lamp. And you can see some black figure rocking back and forth. Like it's in a rocking chair. The story of that is that, um, soldiers would go to that house 
and try to, you know, take naps or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that aspect of it. I don't know if that's whatever that's true. But if you drive by during the day, it's all boarded up again. That part I do know is for sure because I I, I took a couple times out there and I actually saw it with my own four eyes. So like once again, not the story I'm trying to tell. Um, <laughs> the, the story I'm trying to tell is I woke up early one morning. I was driving in our, um, we have like a square, like a community square thing. Uh, so I was driving to, and I was only a block from the gas station. And when I, I don't know what I was doing, uh, but I looked up and in my headlights, I saw like somebody and I, I wish you guys could see me motioning what I'm doing. Uh, there was like, I swear, I swear I saw somebody with a, like a rifle, like a soldier with like the rifle, you know, uh, propped up on his shoulder and the end of the barrel is like above his head type thing, you know, and they're marching. And when I saw it, I, you know, obviously I screamed because I thought it was a real person and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know? And then I ran through this aspir- aspiration ad. Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> apparition. Asp- uh, yes. Ad- a- apparition. Apparition. Yes. Yes. But like, it was kind of scary because it was like the undertaker, you know, how he like, when he was younger, he would do that really fast head, head tilt and like, look at you and stuff like that. So that's kind of what happened. I drove right through this person in the middle of the, like, this is our main road in Humboldt, the same town that Brian Breaker wrestled in. Uh, like it's our main road. So I, in the middle of the road, I got out and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to jail. I'm going to prison. I just hit someone. And there was obviously nobody there. So I'm like frightened. So I, Keep driving to uh, the gas station and whatnot. Jessica just walked the door, so Apollo's greeting her if you can hear that. Uh, so I get to the gas station. Everything's fine all day. I literally, I'm just so busy that I don't even, I don't even think about it throughout the day. And then finally, at night, we, uh, I, I, and I close that store every every single night. And this is like two years into my employment. I know what I'm doing. I know what I normally do and whatnot so i made sure everybody was out of the store i locked the front door i went and checked the bathrooms you know cooler there was nobody in there i locked the back door um the whole thing and then normally like you have to count down your drawer and then make sure that there's money in the you know the register for the opening person and then you have to like mop and do freight you know all this stuff so i uh, locked the doors at 11 and then uh, eventually, I want to say it was like maybe like 11.20, maybe 11.30 at night. Uh, I was mopping the floors and I mopped myself into the cooler so I can do the cooler while the floors are drying type thing. And when I got into the cooler, I started out the very back and worked my way to the front of the cooler so I could just walk out and go home. Um, I don't have... What was it? Oh, crap. What was it? I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my inhaler. Normally, these are things that I keep in my pockets at, at all times. I did have my key, thank God. Um, I don't know what time. I want to say I had a coat, but I didn't. Whatever. So um, I had my keys on me, and I was started with the alcohol, and I you know, stocked that. Eventually, I got to this tall boy of Coca-Cola, and I went to reach it. 
to put it on the shelves behind me. And when I went to go grab it, it levitated, stopped for a minute, and then like got thrown like right by my face. Like I mean, I felt it on on my ear getting thrown. It hits the back of the uh it hits uh, like not pegs, but where you open the cooler and you grab a Mountain Dew and you go like it hit mm-hmm. the back of that. Yeah. Fell spewed everywhere. I absolutely panicked. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. Cause I'm way too pretty for all this. I, I mean, I ran, ran out of that store. I did not grab my inhaler. I did not grab my phone. I did not grab my charger. I did not grab, uh, by coat, I literally walked. Well, no, I didn't walk home because I had my car keys. Uh, but I did. I did not set the alarm that night. I did not turn the the lights out. Nothing. Uh, so <laughs> I literally just made a beeline to the front door, locked it, and I went home, scared out of my mind. I did not sleep that night. It was like I was terrified. So the next morning, I go up to get my phone and the things I left. And I was telling my manager about it and she was giving me a write-up because I I left the store in bad condition. So I said, no, 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 let's go watch cameras. And I remember going back there and doing like pulling up the cameras myself. And so this happened about 11, I would say like, I don't know, like let's say 1130, like the cameras. And of course this was like seven eight, uh, seven years ago. So, you know, my time frames are a little off, but let's just say hypothetically it was 1130. Uh, I rewound the cameras until uh, about, I want to say it was like 1115. There's only one camera and it was the cooler camera that went NWO staticky. And it Mm -hmm. didn't, it literally, there was nothing. And then it finally popped on around one o'clock in the morning. There was nothing there. There was no Coke out of place. There was no mess, like nothing. The lights were still on, but it there was no mess. So I'm like, holy moly, like I, I swear to God, I did not just imagine that. Like I felt it on my ear when it was passing by my head and in my face, you know. Uh, everybody that I tell that story to literally does not believe me, and that is perfectly fine. Like it was the most startling evening of my life. And that's my one and only ghost story. Oh, if you, I mean, if you believe it happened, if it happened to you, you're the only one that knows. I mean, ain't nobody else's place to say it didn't happen. Which is kind of funny and kind of funny nowadays. Ryan, well, uh, from Three Roots Podcasts, he'll know what I'm saying. Like, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people say things, and and I'm starting to figure out that a lot of people sit there and act like they believe you, but they they don't, and it's a (laughs) it's a big thing, but. Yeah, funny that you said that. Um, I'm sure some people probably won't believe anything I say either. So, it, all all we know is our own experiences, and uh, all we can do is just believe what we know. Yep. It ain't up to it ain't up to everybody else whether or not it's true. It's up to you. That's right. All right. I think that's gonna do it for the show, man. Yes, sir. We got two hour long episodes this week, so pretty cool. Cool, cool. Um. I say we get on out of here. We just did the uh, drafting partners and all that. We just did that on the last episode. Ain't no need going that doing that twice in one week. You know all our friends. Go follow them. Go check them out. All their Twitter handles, all their show pages, all their podcasts. 
Go to SkinnyMixers.com, use code MARBLES at checkout, get 10% off your first order, and go to watermaneuver.net, search by store in the marbles, and you can get our t-shirts there. Those are great ways to support the show. And before we get out of here, man, got anything else you want to add? As always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marbles. Marbles.